Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. I'm not a fan of Jesus, and I know that may be shocking, but I'm not. I'm a fan of a lot of things, Wildcat football, Harry Potter, many music groups, but I'm not a fan of Jesus. And when you think of the word fan, several things probably come to mind. You might be a sports fan, you might be a fan of certain celebrities, you might be a fan of a certain author, or maybe even a television show. Most of us are probably a fan of something. Fans are knowledgeable and passionate, and usually if you're a fan of someone or something, you have these little nuggets of information tucked away in your brain that you can bring up in conversation. Or you might spend time following social media accounts or reading about what or who you are interested in. Fans are enthusiastic admirers. That's the most basic definition. They are spectators, someone enthusiastically watching from afar. And the thing about fans is that the enthusiasm often dies after a while. Sure, fans may stick with some interests for a long time, but generally, that enthusiasm wears off after a while. Like when your favorite show gets canceled, or your team has several crummy seasons in a row, Or, you know, it's when things get difficult or less exciting, fans tend to fade away. And to be honest, I think Jesus has a lot of fans. He did when he was living, and he continues to have a large fan base today. We read of fans in the Bible who flocked to hear Jesus speak. They joined the large crowds, listened, and then would return back to their regular lives. And that's not much different than what happens today. Many will cheer safely from a distance or from a seat on Sunday morning, but will also be quick to turn away when a difficult season arrives. Many will claim they know all about Jesus, but they won't stick through the hard times and the sacrifices because they don't actually know Jesus on a more personal level. A person that comes to mind is Nicodemus. He was a fan of Jesus. In John 3, we meet him. He was a Pharisee, a well-respected man of God. He was wealthy and held high status in society. And what we know is that as a Pharisee, Nicodemus would have pledged to uphold all traditions and laws down to the smallest of details. John 3, verses 1 and 2 say, Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, and he came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And what you've probably glossed over any time you've read these verses is that Nicodemus goes to Jesus at night. Why? We don't know for certain, but one reason could be that Nicodemus didn't want anyone to catch him seeking out Jesus. 
because opposition to Jesus was growing rapidly. And Nicodemus was a religious leader, and there would have been serious consequences for him choosing to know Jesus. And what we continue to read in those verses that follow shows a curiosity that Nicodemus has. He asks questions, and Jesus answers. And Nicodemus wants to know more, but he also can't quite understand everything that Jesus is saying because it doesn't make sense with what he knows to be true at the time. Again, this exchange is happening at night because Nicodemus is a fan. He isn't willing to go all in with Jesus Nicodemus didn't want his relationship with Jesus to cost him anything because he had a lot to lose if he were to be named or even seen as a follower of Jesus. He would lose his status, his reputation, his comfortable life, and visiting Jesus at night allows Nicodemus to quietly decide if he's going to be more than a fan Nicodemus, again, he doesn't want that relationship to cost him anything. He didn't want his life to really change, and he was torn between following the rules and following Jesus. And that's the thing with being a fan, right? You get to control the relationship. You get to choose how much you know, how much you change, and how you get to choose what you invest in the relationship, because fans are generally satisfied. There aren't really negative consequences or any real change that comes with fandom. With fandom, there becomes this abundance of knowledge about something or someone, yet there's a lack of intimacy. There's a shift that happens when you start to dig deeper into the relationship you have with Christ. A decision moves to commitment, a commitment to be a follower of Jesus. And being a follower has a whole different meaning than being a fan of Jesus. Do you call yourself someone who follows Christ? I mean, you don't have to answer that aloud because I'm pretty sure all of us would answer with a strong, yeah, when asked this. But I'm also pretty certain that most of us would struggle to answer this question without any bias. So let's dig in to what it means to be a follower because sometimes we get believer and follower mixed up because they're connected. But I can believe in Jesus and not really follow him. A follower has committed to being in a relationship with Jesus. A follower understands that they aren't just showing up one day a week and then going back to their regularly scheduled lives. A follower isn't on the sidelines as a spectator. They are actively in the game. Just look to the disciples and see what it means to be a follower of Jesus. When Jesus calls the first disciples in Matthew chapter 4, we're told that Jesus sees Peter and Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verses 19 and 20 continue. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. There wasn't hesitation from Peter and Andrew. They left everything they knew to follow Jesus. 
And when Jesus sees James and John, he calls them in the same way, and they immediately leave their boat and their father to follow him. What we know is that Jesus would begin teaching and proclaiming the good news, curing diseases and sickness, and he became famous, if you will. And he began drawing those large crowds to him wherever he went, relatable to what a celebrity or a professional athlete or even an influencer is like today. The crowds would flock to Jesus, hear what he had to say or ask for healing, and then they would have a choice to make, to continue to follow Jesus on the way or return home. Most of the fans would ultimately choose to turn away. Perhaps they got what they wanted and they decided to return to their life, in a sense, just remaining spectators or fans of Jesus instead of delving into a deeper relationship with him. And when you think about what the disciples chose, you begin to realize what a sacrifice they made by deciding to get off the sidelines, to follow Jesus on his way and form deep and meaningful relationships with him and each other. See, disciples had the gift of time with Jesus. For around three years, the disciples did life with him. They walked with him. They worked with him. They worshiped with him. They lived with him. And that's something I think we often overlook. Because you see, we can read the Gospels in a day or two, probably less if we'd really focus. Uh, And it's easy. It's just easy to look past how much time Jesus and the disciples actually had together. They weren't returning to their own homes every night. The disciples weren't just showing up to hear Jesus preach and then quietly walking away. No, they gave up parts of their life to follow him. They walked away from jobs, families, everything they had known. And this time together allowed the disciples to have a relationship with Jesus that was intimate. It was more than just having knowledge of him. The disciples who spent the majority of three years knew him in a kind of way that we can only describe as intimate. And those kind of relationships, they don't just happen in a day. They develop over time. And a couple of examples come to mind here, like siblings. How many of you know the secrets of your siblings? Like maybe when they started seriously dating or even got married, you knew exactly what their significant others would get annoyed by. Like how your sibling snores or how they chew their food. Or maybe you had a roommate that you got to know really well. You know how many times they've worn the same pants? and how often they do or don't do laundry. And you even know what your roommate's going to order from certain restaurants. That's a close relationship. But one of the very best examples of an intimate relationship is the one you have with your spouse or significant other. The relationship that has developed over the years and you've become so familiar with each other that you are practically the same person. The relationship where you no longer close the bathroom door. You know what I'm talking about. You said you would never, and then one day, there you are, and the door is always open. That's 
the level of intimacy the disciples had with Jesus. That's how close they were to him. And that's the level of intimacy that being a follower of Jesus requires. So how do we shift from fans to followers? And what does it actually look like? Because this is more than just raising your hand during a sermon or offering a prayer when an NFL player collapses on the field. Being a follower is more than the empty actions we often move through to fulfill some societal obligation. Because being a follower means living out those words of belief, living out those actions. It means living and loving like Jesus with our whole hearts throughout our lives, even when it's hard. So do you humble yourself and choose to be born again? Or will you be Nicodemus who only wants to meet Jesus under cover of night? Or will you be someone like Bartimaeus who cried out to Jesus? Because in Mark chapter 10 verses 46 through 52, we meet Bartimaeus, a blind beggar. And he was sitting by the roadside and when he heard Jesus was near, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many tried to hush him, but he only shouted louder. And when Jesus calls Bartimaeus to come to him, Bartimaeus throws off his cloak, springs up and comes to Jesus. Verse 51 continues. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Jesus tells Bartimaeus that his faith has made him well. But it's that last sentence that I notice. He regained his sight and followed him, meaning Jesus, on the way. He follows him on the way. Bartimaeus could have walked the other direction. He got what he wanted from Jesus. He begged to see again, to be healed. Jesus restored his sight, and Bartimaeus still chose to follow him on the way. His relationship was not transactional, and our relationships with Jesus shouldn't be either. Because each day we get up and we have choices to make. Will I choose to follow Jesus today? How will I live like Jesus lived? And how will I bring heaven to earth today? And how we answer those questions and how we choose to spend our days and the actions we take are what define us as either fans or followers. Did you make a one-time decision or are you committed to living life with Christ, doing the kingdom work that needs to be done? Does your life reflect what you say you believe? Do your actions match your words? Because being a fan is easy. Being a fan requires little. I can tune in as a fan when I want and be as involved as I choose. A follower, though, that takes commitment. A follower has to make choices that are honestly hard sometimes. Because sometimes you don't want to open up your Bible. Sometimes you don't want to get up on Sunday morning. Sometimes you are tired of giving your time and your talents. And sometimes you know exactly what Jesus is asking you to do, but it means you have to make a change in your life. And that's scary 
It's challenging. It's difficult because having faith and following through the storms of life feels impossible sometimes. And it would be easier just to stay put and keep being a fan. Following requires movement. To follow means I'm going to allow myself to know Jesus on an intimate level. And I'm going to choose Jesus even when it's hard or it's inconvenient. I'm going to choose to live like Jesus even when society screams that I should not. Jesus died. And because of that, the power of the Holy Spirit is with each of us. You have the choice. I have the choice. Every single person living and breathing on this planet has God with them through the power of the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is choose to put yourself aside and follow where the Spirit leads you. So are you a fan or are you a follower? Let us pray. God, we come to you today and we are grateful. We're grateful we have a God who wants to be in a relationship with us. We're grateful that you want to know us. And what we need, Lord, is for you to open our hearts and open our minds to hear you to allow you in so that we can know you on a deep and personal level. God, we just ask that you be with us in the choices that we make each and every day. Let them be choices that honor you and show your love to all we encounter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.